Good afternoon. Great to see you all. Um, uh, this afternoon, our passage is uh, Titus chapter 3. It is a page, a church um, pew Bible is a 999, 998-999. I will read it for you. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and then authorities and to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, and to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, and to be gentle and to show perfect uh, courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, and led astray, sl- slaves to various passions and then pleasure, and passing our days in the malice and in envy, headed by others and then hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that being justified by his, uh, by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, and dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division after warning him, warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and is sinful, he is self-condemned. When I send an Artemis and an Antichicus to you, do your best to come to me and Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to speed Janus the lawyer and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing, and they let our let our people learn to devote themselves to good works, so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. All who are with me send greetings to you. Greet those who loved us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Uh, Let me pray. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for giving us this precious opportunity to face your word now. Guide us to become mature Christian uh, through your word and which you have given us. Uh, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, I usually uh, start with, um, uh, since past uh, uh, few months that I uh, preached on the minor prophet, but why I choose today is uh, Titus is that I'm bringing this text for the Columbia brothers and sisters uh, for the Bible conference. So uh, John is in chapter 1, and Nikki is chapter 2, and then I'm teaching chapter 3. This is what I'm bringing. And please examine my preaching, and then just let me know after worship, Joe, you are not ready to go to Columbia. <laughs> yeah. So the book of Titus is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to his disciples, Titus. While the most 
of Paul's letters uh, are addressed to the church. So church committed receiving Paul's letter, but uh, first and then second Timothy and the book of Titus are, um, are classified as a pastoral, a pastoral epistles because the recipients of these letters are Timothy and Titus, so, uh, who are local pastors there. It is worth uh, knowing the context of the book of Titus Uh, It takes a little effort for us because you will need, oh, Joe is headaches. Yeah, maybe you need a little effort to understand that context. But after understanding, it gives us benefit that it will help us to discern what Paul was trying to deliver the message from the book of Titus. And I will mention two major uh, major categories. First thing is a Crete Island, which is located in the middle uh, Mediterranean uh, Sea. And then its culture. So one is a place, and then one is culture. Its culture. This information I list is a compilation of the Bible Project webpage. At the same time, three or four commentaries that I studied this week. The first, the place, the Crete Island, is that when you see chapter one five, and then it starts like this. This is why I left you in Crete. So Crete is an island that where the apostle Paul left Titus. It is located in the Mediterranean Sea. Um, easily, you can imagine that um, Mediterranean Sea is like this, a little, a little bit just uh, oval. But if you make a round sea, your right hand. And this is imagine that your um, index finger here is Antio. And then right cross like this at the end of this, my index finger and then thumb. And then in the middle is kind of where the Crete Island. It is the fourth biggest uh, island, island in the Mediterranean Sea. And then here at the end, just in the middle here, here is Africa. And then here nearby is um, Greece, and then Rome, and then Spain. And then just you can see the Jerusalem, and then here. So it is very strategic, uh, strategic uh, just a place to share gospel. At the same time, many people and the traders and then and just because Africa is uh, sending all the uh, crops and the harvest to go to, just all the rooms at the time. So it is really benefit that they're making a lot of money for trading, and then just activities happen there. When Apostle Paul complete the... Um, sorry, <laughs> yeah, it's too much? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Russ. Yeah. When Apostle Paul completed his uh, third missionary journey and went to Jerusalem... Jews from Asia found him and persecuted him. So he was detained in Caesarea prison for about two years. After that, he was taken to Rome for trial and boarded a ship. Where the ship stopped for a while at a place called Fair Heavens. It is at the port city of the located island Crete. So Apostle Paul probably decided to preach the gospel to Crete Island after he knew about it because he stopped by there and then know that there are many, many people are there and it's a very active city there. So it is, to, it is easy to understand why Apostle Paul tried to spread the gospel there. So after he detained in the Caesarea two years and then ship for six months and then stay, detained another two years in Rome, so total five years, right after five years of the, just his imprisonment. And then he finished, and then some scholars thinking that he went to Spain and then coming to Crete, 
or other people saying that there is no evidence that he went to Spain, but he just right away come to this island Crete. So anyway, and then he stayed there, and then he preached gospel there. That is evidence, and then and why he is about to wrap up, and then he left uh, just um, his disciple Titus. Second culture. Right now, they just about we study about the uh, Crete island. Second culture. Um, culture in Crete was really secular society. It is recorded that uh, we are a mother, just a mother of the god Zeus, to avoid her husband Cronus, who eats his children. It is a myth. It's not a true story. And so Zeus, um, so who appears in ancient Greek mythology as a god uh, to this island Crete. So Leah, too afraid of the Cronus, the father, is keep eating his children. So he sent, uh, she sent, the mom sent this Zeus god to this island Crete. So Crete people was really proud of themselves that, yes, our god, a god Zeus, is grown up our island. So they know about the story of Zeus, and then they, and then they worship Zeus. So it, the, the culture was pretty secular there. Very interesting is that here is a challenge, thoughts. Do you know that what Zeus is famous for? It is a disguise. His disguise. What, he, what is for? That there is a concept of this Zeus that he turns into cow. Sometimes he turns into snake. Sometimes he turns into human being as a man. For what? That he enjoys his sexual intercourse with the just opponent. So he's switching to snake, he's switching to cow, he's switching to human being to enjoy this intercourse. So imagine that if a god it is kind of enjoying sexual intercourse, and how about the story that influenced by the, peop- the people that who are influenced by this story and then about their lifestyle? So they were well known for so Zeus uh, was also well, well known for the liar. He was pretty good at lying and to his wife. Every time that he did uh, inter- sex intercourse and then Hera and his wife is pursuing them, what did you do? And then always he'd make a lie. So lie and then sexual problem was dominant in just book, the island of just Crete. And then this is not what I'm making right now, but we can see the the book of the Bible, how just Paul described here. It is a verse 1, 12. One of the Cretans, a prophet of their own said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. So see that, what does it mean evil beasts? It means that they always move by their physical needs. If they want sexual intercourse, and then they do, and then if they want to make it liars, then they're lying. So the culture in Crete is really, really secular at the same time, not good. And then perhaps because of this culture, and then Paul uh, just was aware of this culture, and then starting his letter like this. It is chapter 1, verse 2, but I will read from the verse 1 so that you can understand. Paul, a servant of God and an, an apostle of the Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of truth, 
which accords with the godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, he emphasizing there, who never lies. He's starting his letter, just epistle, just letter, and emphasizing that our God, he does not lie, which is kind of contrast, the culture there. So in, in Titus chapter 1, the requirements of the election, just so Paul left a mission to the Titus that, Titus, you have to choose some elect, elect the elders from the each city. And then one of the just a few requirements was that who is not debauchery, which is immorality, and then in, in subordination, which is a misconduct, an arrogant, quick temper, drunkard, violent, and then greedy for gain. So we can see that why Paul mentioning that when you choose a man for the elder, and then you have to avoid this six category or seven categories that, and then who are not drunkard, and then who are not lying, and who are not immorality issues and misconduct. Why? Because in the church, Paul already saw the problems. The members, they come to Christ, but still they have their issues, what they have. So this context, it just, uh, this context, a severe secular culture based on lying and then sexual problems could be why Paul emphasized good works uh, throughout the book of Titus. Just maybe you can, if you have a Bible right now, I can point out, I will not read it. Just chapter 1, verse 16. Can you see they are good work at the end of the verse? And then chapter 2, 7. And then also good works. And then chapter 2, verse 14. And then you can also see that. And good works at the end of the chapter um, 2, 14. And chapter 3, verse 1. And a good work. And then chapter 3, 8. And also good works. And then chapter uh, 3, 14. Also we can see that good works. So, repeating, repeating, repeating Titus, uh, Paul emphasizing that press on good works that is Paul trying to do in the book of Titus. And let us go to today's passage, verse 1 and 2, chapter 3. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient and to be ready for every good work, and to, be speak, uh, to, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling and to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy towards all people. So here them, the remind them, here them is that it is referring to all the saints who appear in the chapter 2. Chapter 2 is here that chapter 2, verse 2, order men. And chapter 2, 3, order women. Chapter 2, 4, young woman. And chapter 2, 6, young man. And then chapter 2, 9, bone servant. So he, Paul addressed these people that don't drink, don't drink alcohol and then don't drink all these kinds of just behavior issues that they, what they have. And then they, he addressing these issues. And then Paul, in chapter 3, please remind each one of them, each one of these people, saying that, do not uh, speak of, uh, sorry, uh, be ready for good work, and then submissive to rulers and authorities and to be obedient. And that Apostle Paul exhorts his disciple Titus to teach the people of Crete to obey the ruling power, authority, because... As a creed, had a history that riots and then revolts against the authority every time. Because they have a money, 
And because they have a temper, short temper, and then they drunkard, and then always when Roman uh, just soldier and then just emperor just coming and then ruling there, and then they're always making revolt and riots there. So Paul addressing the Christian, you should not do that. No quarreling and no speak of evils and be submissive to authority. Verse 3, for we ourselves one were, once, were once foolish, disobedient, and read astray, slaves to various passions and then pleasures, passing our days in the malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Verse 3, for, it is, means because, tells us why Christians must strive to do good works. In particular, verse 3 begins with foolish. I want to a little bit study, uh, study this foolish and just, I will uh, just spend time on this foolish word. In original Greek word is a comp- combination of word uh, negative a and then just a prefix and then combined with the two verbs. One is to know, the other one is realize. So negative, know, and then realize. It can be understood as incomprehensible or unwise. So, so if I substitute is that we were in, in, incomprehensible or we are unwise. We can, we can translate in that way, in a literal way. Because we do not understand or unwise because the in, incomprehensible and foolish toward God and people have no choice but disobey. Because if they know something, then they choose. Either they have to follow or they have to know that they disobey. But since they cannot understand, they have no directions, and they have nothing to believe here, what they can do is that only disobey. That is what Paul is trying to say here. And because they are unwise and all things, and then disobey all unwise, only left for them is deceived by people. So people are lying to each other and then always deceiving each other. And then if I speak a lie to just up front, in front of the people and then maybe they believe in the first time. But if I keep lying and lying and lying, how the people can believe me, right? It is culture that lying, 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 and then all people there is kind of they, they be deceived by themselves. So no in, incomprehensible no knowledge on gospel, and then it leads to unwise and incomprehensible, and then at the end, it's kind of, they always disobey towards God, and then always they deceiving by each other. That is a culture. And then just Paul addressed this issue, this is meaning foolish there. How can a person, is kind of, this, this is kind of vicious circle, and then foolish, and then disobey, and then just be, being deceived by others, and then just unwise. Every day, every day, every day, is their life is deceiving each other, and then they just, uh, they're, they're deceiving each other, and then they being deceived, uh, deceived by others too. So only difference of the degrees that everyone, that Paul addresses that we were foolish. So he is including all just Christian there. Verse 4, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, it is God who is kind to us and loves people who appears certain time and save us. The verb interpreted as a goodness in verse 4 means moral goodness and kindness. 
And it's also interpreted as a kindness, as a gentle in other books. Romans and then Galatians, it is translated as very gentle and then kindness. In addition to the word translated as a loving kindness, that uh, loving kindness is a combination of the word that love and humanity, humanity expressed in original just meaning that it means that love of mankind or loving human beings. Basically, verse saying is that God is so kind and then God is loving people. He did his character. It is how much really sweet that God loves people. That is really our foundation of our gospel that God loves people so much. God is super kind. That is our God. Just kind of he's saying here, verse 5 and 6, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. How beautiful is the expression here in this verse. Please let us look into it. The condition the save, for the save, salvation condition is that not because of our righteousness, we do something great, that's why he said no but because of the only his mercy, Father's mercy. So after washing us clean and being born again, Holy Spirit gives us a new heart and pour out his spirit on every heart through our Lord Jesus Christ. The word regeneration means again. It's a combination of word again, birth, rebirth, and reproduction. It is worth noting that because... Um, uh, just when I click it, this uh, Greek word, and then it only appears two times. This, word, this, this Greek word used only two times. I love this because I don't have to study all other 30 <laughs> just references, right? So I study this. And then this word, uh, regeneration, exact Greek form, is only used in the book of Titus and then Matthew chapter 19, 28. Usually, if it is pushed later, I just kind of read it. I'm skipping it. But this Matthew chapter 19, 28, Jesus used this word. So I went there and I studied there. I want to read it to you. Just try to understand what is regeneration mean there. Matthew chapter 19, 28. Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, who who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. It is ESV. So we can, you can say that, yeah, Joe, it can, I can say that it's a new word, but you cannot grasp what, is, what does it mean there. So this is NET version, New English Translation. It is one of the modern, another modern uh, translation. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, in the age, in the age when all things are renewed, that is this regeneration mean. So when Jesus used this regeneration concept, he meant his second coming, that total change physically. Although it seemed to me, just after I just keep trying to convince myself, but when I try, uh, try to understand how Paul tried to deliver his message and the concept that regeneration here that I cannot see that whole total change but is a baptism or spiritual cleansing we just regenerate. 
But it is also good to know that these words also used by Jesus that mean to total physical regeneration, a total change. And then just you right now, we see everything beautiful here, but it's total change that we can see in the age when all things are renewed. That is what about regeneration. And the other words that the scholars speculate that the washing generation could mean that one-time event, which is that when we uh, repent of the baptism, that it has happened one time. And conversely, the renewal of the Spirit means uh, our sanctification. It's day by day. We participate in Holy Spirit leading us and then His guidance, and we participate in our sanctification. And chapter uh, verse 7 and 8 so that being justified, his grace and we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. When we did not know and we were unwise to choose what is right, we all, nobody, nobody can exercise righteousness because we do not know. And so we all exercise evil. However, due to God's saving work, only God's work, the regeneration, also renewal in our spirit, and now we become heirs for eternal life. Apostle Paul exhorts Titus to encourage each people, each saints, to think deeply. Here is a be careful. Just literal meaning is that ponder, think very deeply. So let us go back to our questions that, as I mentioned just in the beginning, that due to context of the creed, Paul might emphasize in good works. But what is the fundamental reason to do good works? Why do we have to do good works? And what is the reason that we have to do good works? Apostle Paul put forward the gospel as why Christians should live a holy and then separate life and then do good works. We are unwise we are, un- we are foolish, and when we are incomprehensible towards God, but God saved us. He washed us to the good works. It is chapter 2, Titus chapter 2, verse 14. Uh, who gave himself for us to redeem us for all lawlessness and then to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are jealous for good works. So when... He cleans us and then he purifies us. He desires us to do good works. That is the reason. But at the same time, Paul emphasizes in chapter 3 and 7 that, hey guys, please think deeply. Please ponder why God saves you. And then he encourages us. That is the reason why we have to do good works. In today's text, chapter, uh, verse 8, that Paul exerts us to think carefully and think deeply for the good works. What is God's earnest wish for us when he saved us? And I'm not sure that Paul's lifetime, that he had a chance to read the book of Matthew, but this is Matthew chapter 5, 16, because Carlos Aragon, it is good works in Greek, is used by Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, 16. 
I'm not sure that Paul had a chance to read the book of Matthew or had a chance to listen this word, but I, my conclusion for my study is that he used this callous arrogance from Jesus. In the Jesus is from Jesus. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So these good works, Jesus speaking here, it is Carlos Aragon, it's the same Greek word, and Paul used in Titus, book of Titus. I hope that just, and pray that we will fulfill God's desire to spread the light of the salvation through our, through our good works to people around us. And now that I will give you, to make you really laughing, because it's 2 p.m., really tired, I will give you two funny stories. One is really funny story. Um, it is very well-known story in the South Korea that kinds of two drivers while driving and then they fight each other in the very, very kinds of six lines each other. It's all Christian knows this story. And six lines each other. And then two kinds of the drivers are arguing in the beginning that you did this wrong and you did this wrong. You, you stopped it and they're fighting. But at the end, they, in some way, they argue too much then they about to punch each other. And one person ran into the, his car and then he picked up one book from his car and then bring it and then hit another person's head. And then with this book, guess what, my question, what is this book? Yes, Debbie, Bible. So does this Christian bringing his Bible from his car to hit this, the other driver and then he my question is that to him what was the Bible for him? To him, what does, what does it mean this Bible to him? I'm wondering that he really understand about the faith and then he really understand about the good works and he really understands about how much God loves him and then his purpose, God's purpose on his life. Second, this is a not funny story, but it's a very beautiful story. So there is a church named Kamjatang. Kamjatang is a very well-known uh, dishes in South Korea. It is a backbones of the pigs and then and they boil with a vegetable and it is kind of very, delicious soup. But the church name is Kamjatang. Like just <laughs> kind of we saying I'm a chicken noodle soup church. <laughs> so wondering why they named it on it. The behind the story is that they purchasing uh, the store in a Kamjatang place and then they didn't change their <laughs> just uh, there. But beautiful thing is that they motive, their motivation of church is that Chapter 3, verse 1. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authority, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work. So their motivation or their moral, like the motivation for the church is be ready for every good work. So each time, every time that when Korea had a disaster, because every year that there are typhoon in South Korea happens. So whenever typhoons and then the shipwrecks happen and oil spread on the sea, this church, whole church, packed 
all delicious food and going there and then serving the volunteers there. And then 911 people, police, and all the volunteers. And then they share gospel there. So there is a church that comes out town. I hope our church also be ready for good works. I want you to be ready for good works. How? When we ponder, when we think deeply how much God loves us, when we really realize that how much he, he loved us so much, then we can ready to be ready. Yes, Lord, please use me. Please pray for our mission team. I think I'm ready for go to Columbia Mission, but after you listen to my sermon, then you did not satisfy, so you are not ready to go. <laughs> just, just let me know. But let us be ready for good works, and then please pray for me and Enrique and John and then other eight uh, church members. Be ready for good works in Colombia. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we pray that the gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ warms our hearts every day, every moment, so that we can continue to good works and become people who give uh, give joy to you. Just as we were foolish, help us to remember that the people of the world who do not know yet, but you love them, and you are waiting them to come to you. We pray that you will use us so that God's love for them can be conveyed to each and every person around us. We sincerely thank you for renewing us and giving us the Holy Spirit to become people of you. And we pray in our Savior Jesus. Amen.